Welcome to the Joyfulness Broadcast, an exciting day, an exciting episode about dreams. So in school we learn lots of things, we learn calculus, we learn English, we learn history, uh, we learn lots of things, but we don't really get ta taught the, the practicalities of life and how to grow. Isn't that, isn't that interesting? We don't have like a growth or the meaning of life. We don't have any subjects about that. Philosophy tries to touch it, but the way it's taught in school, it loses its essence and it's all just about intellectual stuff, not really about embodied living. Side rant. Anyway, we don't get taught about dreams. It would be cool, wouldn't it, if we were at school and we had like a cool, um, a cool lesson. I know I, I probably would have loved it about dreams and interpreting dreams so that we can grow from our dreams. I mean, because we sleep a lot, like we sleep a lot. So it'll be pretty cool if we could utilize sleep to grow <laughs> um, or to learn, to learn about ourselves. Because when we say use our sleep to grow, it sounds kind of push, 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 grow, 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 grow. It's more like after we dream, maybe notice if there's anything that the dream holds within us to learn about ourselves and understand about ourselves and humanity and the human condition. Um, and in my experience, often dreams do hold such a such an opportunity to learn about ourselves and to deepen an understanding. Um, and I don't really use any models in terms of like um, any dream analysis model. I don't really use anything like that. I've just sort of learned to intuit the meaning of a dream dream um, myself. So before we get into the dream stuff, I'll just share like my dream and help and just give my meaning to it. What's really important to understand before we go any further is meaning. Where does meaning come from? Well, who says that anything means anything? It's entirely subjective. Uh, I gave an example in a newsletter of mine, which, by the way, if you're not subscribed to, I would highly recommend it is a very good read. Um, I, get, I think it's a very nice, if for anyone that likes written word especially, um, it's nice to read them. Um, wrote something about my sister. I uh, was at the shops. I asked her if she wanted anything from Chadston, which is a big shopping mall in Melbourne. And... I was there, I asked her, she's like, oh my god, Nick, could you get me, um, it's like a mist body lotion from Victoria's Secret or something, and I'm like, okay, sure thing, and she was like, amazing, oh my god, I've been wanting to get this for months, but I was like, okay, cool, so for me, the list body lotion, motion, ocean thing, imajiggy, didn't really mean anything, I was just, yeah, I'm meh, like neutral, I didn't hate it, didn't love it, <laughs> Uh, it was just, it was just what it was. It's just that, that's what it is. Um, and to my sister, it was very different. It was a very exciting thing. It was like, wow, so exciting. Wow, it's amazing. I really want this. Really valuable to my sister and very neutral to me. So where does the value come from? Uh, well, it comes from a, the individual. Meaning is prescribed by the individual. That, that's all. That's very important when we're addressing dreams to understand that we give things meaning. Things mean what we want them to mean to us. 
and the meaning which we give life um, can change when our value systems change and when our priorities change. And in fact, there's a whole field called logotherapy, which is healing through meaning, which is founded by, originated by Viktor Frankl, who was a, um, for those that are not aware of, Frankl was a psychiatrist, psychologist, one of those, um, in World War II, during, and he was a captive in a concentration camp. And through his experiences, he saw that, now he wrote this book, Man's Search for Meaning. What kept these prisoners going? Not just prisoners, but in the worst conditions possible. And so through his experiences, he learned that just by the meaning we give something, that we can heal. And when we recontextualize something, that's really powerful. It's so powerful and so underutilized uh, to just see things differently. Because when we see things differently, our whole experience of the thing we see differently changes. Like our whole experience, we can see life in one way, in a grim, dark way, in which there's no, no meaning, nothing's pointless, and we will experience it as such. Or we can see it as everything has meaning, everything is equally divine, everything is a divine expression of divinity, and we experience only joy. <laughs> so what changed? What changed was our perspective, what changed was how we saw it. Isn't that amazing? So it's often it's often like, yeah, but what what like why why would the my meaning the meaning I give to anything matter at all to me? Well, why it matters is because it's how you live your life. Like right now, the way you are experiencing your life is entirely founded upon the meaning that you give it. <laughs> um, so that's why it's very important. And it's also very important to understand that that meaning is something that you give and you have the power to change, to deepen your understanding and to recontextualize your life. Um, but no one outside you can. Only you can. And only the willingness must come from within. And that is a very crucial starting point because when we're addressing dreams, often we might have this idea that we look to a um, book and look and this book of dreams has like all the symbols and what they mean um, and if we had a certain dream then we look to the book and it tells us this is what it means for us but in my experience it's not like that it's actually like as simple as if we were if you were standing right in front of me and you had a dream and you asked me nick what's the meaning of this dream I would say, like, I would start with, well, what does it mean for you? And we just look at the dream and be like, oh, wow, okay, so blah, 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 blah. Um, <laughs> we'd look at what's important in a dream for me when I look at a dream is how it made me feel, what kind of feelings came up, and whether I can intuit anything about it whether I can intuit anything about it. And I'll give the, my dream example in a second, but just the foundations are really important here. So it's what it means to you. Next time you have a dream, just ask yourself a really simple question if you get anything out of this. Just, does this dream hold any significance to me? Because sometimes dreams are just wacky jumbo. <laughs> but other times they mean something to us and we can learn and deepen our understanding. And it's really, it's there's no like, 
that I am aware of objective way, so-called objective way to gauge what is so. It's actually completely intuitive. One day you might have a dream, wake up and be like, oh my goodness, this, my whole life has changed. <laughs> I don't know. Or maybe it's like, wow, like I see that now. I see something completely differently because of that dream. Because there's like this willingness. What actually is most important is also your intention. So if you have this intention to learn and understand from your dream, that's enough. That's more than enough. Your simple intention to learn and understand more about yourself and the human condition through your dreams will start bringing that to you. Isn't that incredible? So what were before empty dreams, meaningless dreams, now start to become meaningful dreams that tell you about the human condition and about yourself and help you understand. And the only thing that's required is your intention. That's it. No to-do things, just intentionality, just a willingness to learn, to understand. That is probably the most crucial part, the most like important stuff that I can share from my experiences learning from dreams is just those two things. What does it mean to you? And are you willing to learn from your dreams? If not, why? Uh, are you willing to? And if you're not, that's cool too. But th- those are the only really the crux of it, I would say. So now that we handled the crux of it, we can then actually go move forth into the dream. Um, and so I'll give an example of a dream I, I had, um, was it today? Today, I think. So, um, again, in the dream, what was important for me was what I felt. Um, and something else to, to frame this before I start is I don't dismiss anything when I dream. If, if there's a feeling that um, comes up for me, during the dream, I don't say, oh, that's just a dream feeling, like it's not real. I treat the dream like life, you know, like I treat it as there's no difference. If that feeling arose for me, then that feeling was within me. So I really utilize dreams to understand feelings and to help me get in touch with feelings that I was not aware of, because dreams often serve as a great opportunity for the unconscious to bring up feelings that are oppressed or suppressed or pushed below our awareness. So for me, what I'm about to share with this dream is such an example of feelings that I was not aware of coming up to the surface through the dream. And that was the significance of this dream. So I'll just share, I won't share the, the like the entirety of it. Um, I will share the important parts though. So I remember, so I live at home and in this home, um, in the dream, at home, and some car pulls up, and someone does something to me, so the details, the details are cloudy, but they're not really important to me, what's important is the context, and the context is, like, the context mean, like, what's the general sitch, like, what's, what's happening, not, like, the details of what's happening, so the general stuff that's going on is that someone, someone did something to me, Someone did something to me and I was really, I was infuriated in the dream. Like I was, I was ready to cut, like I was ready to kill them. (laughs) To be honest, I was ready to kill them. Um, So I go to the, I go to the, so they pull up in my driveway in a car and there's two cars. Okay. So there's two cars um, that pull up in the driveway and I go with one with, with keys. Oh, okay. 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 So the dream's coming back to me now. So what happened was, um, we were at home and these two, um, 
these this group of people uh, were running away from us. So I was with some other people and we were chasing them for some reason. Um, and they were running away from us. So in order to run away from us, they they tipped, they cut, they cut the um, tires to my bike, <laughs> to my bicycle. So for some reason it was my bicycle. Um, they cut the tires to my bicycle. And I got really angry. So these people, I saw that my, my bicycle tires were cut. And there were these people going into their cars. The cars were in my driveway, the driveway of my home. Um, they were going into their cars, ready to escape. But I see the bicycle cut. And I start to just get really angry. And I run at one of the cars. So that one of the groups, their group split. Half went into one car, half into the other car. I grabbed keys or something, something sharp. And I was running to one of, to one of the cars to um, ready to cut their tires. Ready to cut their tires. Um, and then as I was approaching that car, someone in that car said, wait, it wasn't us. It was the people in the other car. And so then, then I was ready to run at the other car and cut their tires or kill someone or something when suddenly I realized I'm like wait why am I why am I why am I doing this but as I realized that as I had that realization of why am I doing this does this even help me to cut their tires back like how does that help me I found myself doing that and actually what happened was so my dreams are a bit strange my dreams like I mean, all dreams are a bit strange, right? <laughs> but in my dreams, they uh, so, so someone got out of the car and what happened was I, for some reason, now had super strength and I just, instead of cutting their tires, I just, out of anger and fury, just smashed this person and they went flying and I'm pretty sure they died. Um, just smashed them. Actually, no, no, they didn't die. So I smashed this person so I'm just remembering the dream as I'm saying it, which is why it's got the details funky like this. So I smashed them. They went, they hit the wall. They like flew, they hit the wall. They were still alive, but they were like really, really shattered <laughs> um, and really broken. And that's when um, now, so before I seemed like the victim, like they, 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 they cut my ties, but now I was the one hitting them. And now I seem like the one that's victimizing them. <laughs> um, and I was angry at that because I'm like, but they deserved it. Like, that's why I hit them. They deserved it. But that's when I also realized like, wait, like, why did I do this? This didn't help in any way. Do I feel better? I don't feel better. Now I'm the dick. <laughs> now I'm the dick and they, they're shattered. I don't feel better about it at all. Um, and also, and at this point, what happened was that person who I hit and was shattered now, um, my neighbor, so my neighbor in real life, uh, was also in the dream and she was my neighbor in the dream as well. Like our houses were the same as they are in real life or in this three dimensional plane. Um, and my neighbor came out and she, so she's someone who we have a very warm relationship and suddenly she got angry at me and disappointed in me for the first time. And I was like, it really hit me. Um, in the dream. So I, so what's important, just a quick note of analysis, what's important is that I was actually feeling this. I was feeling this guilt. I was feeling this shame. I was feeling this disappointment at disappointing someone who, who, who saw me in a high regard and seeing 
now that they saw me in a shitty light. I, I, it really hit me hard in the dream. I could actually feel it. And when I woke up, I could still get in touch with those feelings. Um, that's what's important. So, and she said, she now she was um, sympathizing with the with the with the person I hit, but not with me. She was pushing me aside, um, and and I was like, what? Yeah, I just did. I didn't say much. I then went back inside, and. And everyone in the cars, they drove off. The person I hit was now, like I would guess, like having tea with a neighbor. Um, and I was inside, back in my home in the dream. And that's when my, my, my parents were in the dream. And my dad told me, he's like, my dad's just like, don't worry about it. You know, like, they'll people come and people go. Um, but that's when I realized, I'm like, you know, was it worth it? Was it really worth hitting this person? Um... And then I woke up, so, like, this is a rough, I'm roughly telling you, recounting the dream. When I woke up, what I looked at was, I looked at, I'm like, wow, I, like, really, I didn't think about it, really. I didn't really think about the dream. I just felt into it. I just really felt those feelings. I'm like, wow. Like, I could feel the guilt. I could feel the shame. And, wow, I'm like, wow, this is some pretty intense stuff. And suddenly a lot of the stuff that I was experiencing made sense. Um, it made a lot more sense. Like there was this dread and th- that I was experiencing. And through this dream, I, I it made a lot more sense to me. What I interpreted from that dream was like, wow, in like a past life, I've done like... Because we only remember stuff that we remember. We don't remember things that we don't remember. I mean, even just look at this life, this life that we have. We have complete paralysis like uh no amnesia childhood amnesia there's there are massive moments most moments in our life we don't remember we just they're blank we don't remember them and so if we extend that even further back to past lives which is a calibratable you know in this podcast series if you're not familiar we 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 use uh hawking's as research david hawking's map of consciousness and we can see that Past lives are a calibratable truth. You can calibrate them and see that it's true that we have all, we, this isn't our only life. <laughs> we, we have had many past lives. Um, and what's the significance of that? The significance, just before I go back into it, the significance is not to airy-fairy stuff. Like, like, why does it matter? How does that change our lives? How does that impact us to know that we have had past lives? Why is that important? It's important because it contextualizes our lives. That's why it's important because now stuff starts to make sense. Like, for example, why are some babies born dying and others born perfectly healthy? Why are there millions of kids dying in the world of starvation and some that aren't? Is that just random chance? Like, what's that about? How could you how could you explain that? And there's no explanation for that without karma. Simple cause and effect but I wouldn't use that in particularly. It's more like you certain choices lead to certain consequences is how I would put it. And whatever we're experiencing in our life is just the is just the the consequence of prior choices. And some of those choices we remember, but most of the choices we do not remember. They come from a past, long ago, long forgotten. Because what we can also calibrate is that we, all, we have past lives, but we also have amnesia. We have amnesia in this life, so we don't remember our past lives. 
and all of that can sound I know understand the intellect very well all that can understand all can sound very convenient to the intellect it can be like well isn't it convenient that we have past lives but we can't remember that well how do you prove it <laughs> um, in that case and then that's where we come back to the map of consciousness the only way to so-called prove anything it's not really a proof it's just a demonstration um, a demonstration via a clinical approach uh, that past lives are true and that it is true that we have amnesia is to look at the research of David R. Hawking's The Map of Consciousness. Anyway, the significance of that little side note is that I interpreted the dream as, wow, you know, like I, I just sort of forgot that in the past, you know, there's probably been very often times where I have hurt people in this way where I acted out of anger, where I wasn't aware of ways to just, ways to let go of feelings, and I was overcome with anger, and out of anger, I did some things to people. Um, that's really, really likely. Very, very likely. Um, so, in my case, for my intellect, I can't say certain until I experience it myself, but I can say very, very likely that's just how my intellect rolls. It It's very intellectual like that. Um, so it's very likely that in the past um, did some stuff that really hurt people. Um, and, you know, when we hurt people, we don't feel really good. Like the example of the dream, we don't feel really good. The natural consequence of hurting people, despite whether, regardless of whether they're, whether they seemingly deserved it or not, the natural consequence of hurting others is that we hurt ourselves. We have to deal with the heaviness of that choice, of the pain, the emo the lack of peace. It's you tell me someone who ki kills people, hurts people, and lives in peace. Point me to someone who lives happily whilst murdering or hurting people um, or doing anything that harms others. Peace comes from unity and and uplifting all of life. That's where peace comes from. That's where happiness comes from. But in the past, we weren't always saints, as my teacher Hawking says. <laughs> um, we weren't always saints in the past. So there's been a lot of things that we've done. And all those choices in the past have accumulated a, uh, a certain debt, but also a certain like heaviness of inner feelings, right? You can see anytime we hurt someone, whether we mean it or not, there's just a heaviness there. There's like, oh, there's a heaviness that's there. And so over time, every time we make choices that hurt others, that contribute to suffering, we're not just contributing to their suffering, we're contributing to our suffering most of all. It's our suffering. Where the, the weight is the same, the weight of the punch is the same for them and for us. We have to, they, at least they just get it physically, but we have to carry it emotionally. <laughs> so every time we did something that didn't uplift someone, but we could have, that hurts, and that's something we carry until we let go of, and so we can see that in the, our past is long, and there are all these choices, and all these choices have built up all this repository of this, this pressure tank of feelings, and that is why, oh, sorry, that's the significance of the dream to me, the dream that I had, was it helped me really, not just intellectually, because intellectually I've talked about these things, I've heard these things, but to actually experientially get in touch with that repository of feelings. To get in touch with that and see, wow, that's, it's still there. That guilt is still there, you know. 
Shoah still live in this beautiful world, um, beautiful subjective experience of life, but there are still there's still weights there that I'm unaware of, and that's the significance of that dream for me. To not just intellectually hear that, but to experience that, experience that, um, and it was really really helpful actually. It's really helpful. It, it makes things more acceptable when we understand. So understanding is not just like just an intellectual game that we're playing. Really understanding, like true understanding, when we truly understand something, things become more acceptable. The more we understand something, the more acceptable it becomes to us and the more we naturally just accept it. We don't have to force ourselves to accept it. Acceptance is the natural consequence of understanding. So if there's something that we feel out of whack with, it's an inattention, a conflict, an inner conflict, what we can do is we can go at it by trying to understand it deeper, looking for a deeper understanding. And one way, one pathway, is dreams. And particularly, to hold that intention, to hold that, truly hold that intention. I mean sincerely, you have to really genuinely want to know. Not like, oh yeah, okay, it'll be nice, but like really, I really want to see. Like sincerity of heart. A sincerity of heart to understand will naturally bring forth the answers they will reveal themselves with time they will sooner or later everything reveals itself but that's that intention is where it starts and dreams are one pathway and again just to 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 um wrap this all up the the way i use dreams um is to look at how did it make me feel what did i feel and really feel into it and use dreams as like a playground because in the dreams there are no rules, there's no social conditioning, everything everything is a go in dreams. So it's a perfect opportunity to become aware of feelings that have been repressed or suppressed. Naturally, feelings get suppressed or, or repressed, very naturally, because that's how we grow up. That's the nature of, of, of culture, it's the nature of the psyche, to push down things that uh, which are rejected by society, which are not valued by society. So there's naturally been a lot of built-up, pushed-down things. Like, however much you think there's pushed down, there's probably a lot more. So it is, in my experience, what I'm learning more and more of is that it's always, it's always, always better to be, uh, like, humbly open to seeing things and letting go of any expectations about, about what we know. In other words, to just say, I actually don't know. Like, things seem a certain way to me right now. But in the back of my mind or in my heart, I know that there's more. There's more to uncover. To It is better to, to, to be prepared to uncover more, a greater depth of un, previously unknown feelings or things about ourselves than to think we have it all figured out. It is far, it's a far more conducive of happiness and joy to take the approach of, I don't know, than it is to take the approach of, I know. To just say, I don't know. Okay, things will come up, and I'll learn as I go, but at any moment, I don't know. Something could come up out of nowhere. That way, we are most prepared, or we have, the, we have created like a nice ground for all this stuff to come up in our awareness and we start to notice things more 
Whereas if we say, I know, and we assume we, we think we do know what about, we know what's going on, we know about us, because I, I quite frankly have nothing figured out. I don't have anything figured out. I'm just always opening myself to seeing things differently. So the more we open ourselves to seeing things differently, the more we will. The more we say, I already see things, like I don't need any, I don't need to open myself, I don't need to learn. Um, and there is that part of us, it's called the ego, doesn't want to learn, it doesn't want to open itself, it wants to stay the same. Ego is rigid, um, but there's this other part of us that wants to be flexible and willing. So it just depends on where we place our value system. Do we want to be flexible? Do we want to feed the ego and be rigid? But the more, the more we say, I, I know already, the less we notice the things we don't know. And the more we, we, we filter things through our own belief sets. So it's better to just not know. It's better to throw away all beliefs. It's better to say, I have no idea what's going on. I have certain ideas, sure, but maybe they're wrong. I don't know. Maybe there's more. I don't know. And to really just sit with that and really come to a place of acceptance with that, that to me is where joy comes from. It's where peace comes from, to just sit with that not knowing. Um, not necessarily to know everything. It's just to just sit with it not knowing, come to accept it, and that way not knowing doesn't bother you you're like yeah it's a fun adventure now it's a fun exciting adventure and so we can use dreams in this way i hope you enjoyed this episode i think that covers pretty much everything that has to be covered or that i want to cover at least for this for this episode you know i can throw in a uh, challenge or an invitation for you i think that would be fun with these episodes so there's a bit of introspection, a bit of introspection. Is there something about yourself that you are not willing to see yet? Um, if so, could you, could you respect, could you respect and allow that unwillingness to be there? not judge it not deny it either not say i should want to see this about myself but to just respect it and let it be there and that's all <laughs> that's all uh it's a, it's just a little bit of introspection because the more we we open ourselves to seeing the things that we are currently unwilling to see or are currently not seeing the more we will but judging ourselves for not being willing doesn't help at all. What helps is to actually just allow ourselves to be as we are. Because there's nothing wrong with anything. There's, there's I just really want to drill. There's actually nothing wrong with anything. Just want to drill that through. Nothing wrong with anything. <laughs> um, so all that's necessary is to just sit with stuff. You know, just sit with it. Don't have to do anything with or about it. The mind wants to do something with or about it. It wants to turn it into a book. It wants to turn it into a, uh, into a podcast. <laughs> it wants to turn it into a notepad. It wants to do something. It wants to write about it. But I found where wisdom comes from, for me, is actually just sitting with something and just letting it be there and just watching it. Just watching it. And the mind says to that, well, that's hard. I can't do that. But what's easier than just laying back and doing nothing? <laughs> what's easier than that? 
Just lay back, let everything be as it is, do nothing about it, and just watch it. And just watch as the resistance to that comes up. And just watch as the desire to change the resistance comes up. And then just watch as the desire to resisting what's coming up dissipates when you allow the desire to be there. And then just watch as the resistance fades away. And then just watch as the feelings that were bothering you start to disappear because you're no longer bothered by them. And just watch as everything changes, but there's still something there that doesn't change. There's some unchanging aspect, something that remains the same. And just watch as you come to identify more and more with that which doesn't change rather than that which does. And all you have to do is watch. <laughs> There's nothing you actually have to do other than nothing. Uh, sounds like a paradox. Just watch, observe, enjoy. And you can be frustratingly observing, but that's not as effective as joyously enjoying watching. It's up to you. Anyway, thought I'd leave you with that one. Thank you very much. I'll see you in the next one.